Father, thank you for your grace this morning that um, you have something unique and special to speak. You're the good shepherd who teaches us and you lead us like a flock. You, you shepherd us skillfully. And I thank you, Father, that your word and your spirit will lead us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who haven't heard yet, God has given us a, a, a kind of statement over a year, the year, 2024, kingdom increase and fruitfulness. That, that, that's his emphasis, really. His word is all. The scriptures is all God-breathed, but he is emphasizing increase and fruit. And um, the secret of fruitfulness, I wonder if you could answer what the secret of fruitfulness is. It's an interesting question, isn't it? What is the secret to increase, kingdom increase and fruitfulness? Well, we don't find out the secrets of God outside scripture. So you will always find out how life works because you have the Bible, the Word of God. That's why the Word of God is so important to you understanding God's ways. And so when we want to find out what the secrets are to increased fruitfulness, anybody want that? Amen. Some of you are to, I'll focus on who's in the room. Yeah, they're back. <laughs> they came back. Praise God. I want to see increase. I really am diligent in seeing what God wants for my life. This increase of fruit and blessing, really. Not just for me, but for the world around me. And Jesus, I believe he was kind of walking with his disciples. You can imagine them, these 12 kind of around him, gathered around him. And they were following him. They'd left a lot to walk with Jesus. And as they're walking along, Jesus looks up and he sees a picture. He sees a vision of a real vineyard. He's, this is the picture they're looking at. And he stops and he realizes, I've got a parable or a picture to explain a spiritual truth that will really help my disciples understand some things. So I love it to think that Jesus stops, looks at this vineyard, and he uses it as an illustration to teach the secret of the Christian life and the secret of bearing fruit. So I'm going to read the very words those disciples heard from Jesus. The very same word is being spoken to you today. So if you could keep the picture of a vineyard in mind, as if you're looking at a vineyard, but hearing Jesus himself speak these words, I think it would help you. So Jesus in John 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. 
You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If, condition, you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, Jesus had a bit more to say, but we're going to finish there for this morning. That's all they heard. And it was enough for them to go out and change the world. They understood, because of the picture of this vineyard, who Jesus was and who they were in Jesus. So Jesus says, I am the true vine. So in other words, the only vine that is God. He's the only God and the only life. Jesus is the life and he is the truth. And he says, you, as individual followers, branches, I mean, I've got different bark to you, but I've got the same life as you as a believer. So I look different on the outside to you. Some of you are blonde, some of you are not. Some of you have got bigger noses, bigger ears than me. But the bark is not determining the fruit. And Jesus says, you're the branches. And he says, the father is the vine dresser. Or we can understand this as the gardener. And he begins by saying, the one who bears fruit is pruned. Now, a lot of Christians don't understand this because when God himself prunes, he uses his knife, the divine knife. Do you know what the divine knife is? The word of God, the sword of God. He uses his word and he uses his hand, his spirit, to prune us. But what Christians don't realize is pruning happens not because you've been or done wrong, but because you've been fruitful. 
God does discipline us. He's not talking about that. That's a completely different thing that he does. But my father, he says, is going to prune you fruitful disciples. Why? Because he has more fruit in mind. Now, if you don't prune a branch in a vine, what happens is life only goes so far, but the branch continues to get bigger. And the life in the branch that started out strong gets weaker and weaker and weaker and drains the whole branch of its ability to bear fruit. So a branch left alone will be fruitless. Even if it looks good, it'll produce nothing. And so he says, I have to cut you back so that more fruit can come. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So if you've ever felt, and you will as a disciple, if you really are a follower of Jesus, like me, I have had some cutbacks. And they've been good cutbacks so that I can bear more fruit. So pruning is always with promise. It's not with condemnation. And it's not with feeling you've done something wrong. It's wonderful, isn't it? And we need him to prune us so that we can bear more fruit. But Jesus says, the branch is abiding in the vine. This wonderful picture. And it speaks of being at one with the vine. So if you see a branch out of a vine, you see... You can't really see where the vine ends and the branch begins. And you know the life that is in the vine is being transferred into the branch. And Jesus says, abide in me. He's talking about living your life in Christ. What's really important is that Before we become Christians, none of us are in Christ. It's really important. So this is only those who through faith in the work of Jesus on the cross, that he died for our sins and was buried, but he didn't stay in the grave, he rose again from their dead. That whoever believes in what Jesus has done, will have eternal life. And what happens is you are born again. When you receive, you believe in Jesus, you receive a new life, and your old life is removed and replaced with a new life. That's the new birth. Colossians put it like this, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ, in God. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, you died. So in other words, that's the removal bit. The old you died and was crucified with Christ. This is so important for you to understand 
that you're not just a forgiven person. You are someone who died. The old person died. You, you were removed. If somebody died, they are removed. But you've been raised to new life, and that life is now hidden in Christ, like the branch is in the, in the vine. And 2 Chronicles, verse five, chapter 5, verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, what is he? A new creation. All things have. That's why we say if somebody's died, we often use the word passed away. Don't we? So in other words, there isn't um, the old nature that you used to have, which, which was to sin and to rebel against God. If you're born again, you have a new nature. You are a new person completely. You never existed before you received Jesus in your spirit. Wow. And not only that... You haven't just been placed into Christ, but his life through his spirit has been placed into you. Christ in you. You in Christ. That is why scripture says there's no righteousness of our own. So in other words, your works, whatever you do, doesn't make you righteous. But he has become your righteousness. He has become your wisdom. He has become your life. Because you're in him and he is in you, the divine life has power to produce exactly what God wants out of your life. And the possibilities for every child of God are the same. Tell somebody next to you, possibilities of my life are in God. (laughs) I am in Christ. He lives in me. Now, this is really important to understand what Jesus is saying. Because he's not saying it's a bit of you and a bit of me. He's saying, because you're in me, it's my life in you. Just as a branch is connected to the vine. The thing that gets us all is that we don't feel in him. I don't often feel. Maybe if I pray and fast, maybe I'll feel better. But question is, does praying and fasting put me in? Right answer. Because I was put in when I was born again. I am in Christ even if I don't fast. Because faith is the issue of the Christian life. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what will help you and me is to see myself connected. 
see myself as Jesus sees his disciples in him. As he looks at the vineyard. And it really helps me to say, I am in Christ. I'm abiding in him. God has put me into Christ. My life is now hidden in Christ. So even if I don't feel it, I say it. Doesn't it help to say the word and lift up the word, take up the word and say, I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. Not down to my performance, but down to what Jesus did for me. He has already put me into Christ. So Jesus starts off with this image of joined or one in spirit with the Lord. That's what scripture also tells us. We are one. I love to think of my heart or my spirit. I'm at one with God. Think of it just for a moment. Where you're sitting, I'm one with him. He's one with me. Some of you could get happy on that if you believed it. Anybody happy today? I'm one with him. He's one with me. What a miracle of God's grace and God's mercy to me. Now, Jesus says about this vineyard in him, these branches, these disciples. He actually says, not only do I want to prune you so I can get more fruit, but I want that fruit to increase and I want more and more fruit as you continue to walk with me. So in other words, I am looking for an increasing fruitfulness out of our union. I am looking for, God is looking at you and at me saying, I'm looking for fruit. And he actually says, if you are not in Christ, first of all, you can repent and believe and be in Christ and become a new creation today. But if you live apart from him without any fruit, he says, it'll be burned, you'll be burned. Now, Jesus does not ever sort of fudge the issue of eternal judgment. So he says, basically, some people aren't in me and they will be eternally condemned. But he is not willing that any man perish. But all come to knowing him. So he wants everybody saved. He wants everybody in Christ. But it's down to every single person if they believe. Yeah. Faith puts you in. Unbelief keeps you out. Praise God. But Jesus says, I'm looking for more fruit. Pastor Judith, I'm looking for more fruit. Whoever you are, whatever your role in life, I'm looking for more fruit of this abiding relationship. And the result of the fruit, the fruit itself, is the nature of the tree it belongs to. Remember that? That the tree, you don't have an orange tree that produces pears. 
You don't pick pears from an orange tree. And so because we are at one with him, we are going to bear the fruit of Jesus. The Jesus kind of fruit, his character and also his conduct, the things that he does. Fruit is always visible. When I go to my fruit basket and get a tangerine, I am not laying hold of an invisible tangerine. I can actually taste it. It is changing me because I'm eating this fruit. So fruit isn't just on the inside. It's shown in the life. (laughs) Jesus said, by their fruit, you know them. (laughs) By their fruit, by what they produce and what they do, you know them. Not just by what they say. How many of you know you can be fleeced by what some people can say? But when somebody proves themselves, that they're showing fruit. Are you trustworthy? Oh, I can see fruit. So by their fruit, you know them. And this fruit is always beneficial to others. It's always for the benefit of somebody else, not just self-consumed. And self-consuming fruit is rotten. It eats itself. So Jesus is saying, the fruit I want out of your life is the character and conduct of Jesus. It's to be seen, touched, tasted by other people, and it's to be real. But it's also to benefit everybody else around you and change the world that we live in. Amen. Now, ten times Jesus uses the word abide in me. I think he's emphasizing abide. Some people just want to go for the fruit, but Jesus says the secret to fruitfulness is abiding. He says, abide in me. He says, let my word abide in you. Abide in my love. Everything's about abiding because if we abide, then the product will always be fruit. That's the secret of growth, increase, and fruitfulness. It's abiding. So in other words, it's relationship with Jesus. Now, this word abide can just mean hang out. Stay with me. Hang with me. Relate to me. Uh, continue to be in relationship with me. So it's not a position, it's a relationship. Wouldn't it be ridiculous to be married and not have a relationship? Well, we've been made one in the Lord, but it's not about the position, it's about living out the life of relationship. So Jesus is saying, I want you to... Abide in me. Live relationally connected with me. If you see a couple 
who are abiding. That means that really they're doing life together. They are looking at their phone during the day, seeing if there's a text or a message. They don't make decisions without reference to the other. They learn to find out what pleases the other person. And that they begin to merge together in walking, eating, sleeping, living as one. But I have also observed married but separate. And what happens is the abiding can happen for a while, but then life choices start to become separate. They start to be independent of one another. You know exactly how this works, don't you? And the husband can see, for example, a car they like, and independently of the other, they buy. And they come home and say, honey, I bought a car. You did what? I bought a new car. But what about we were saving for the kids, for their future? Oh, blow it. I just decided to buy a car. You would say they're married but separate. And there might be a few consequences in that relationship for living separate. And what happens in any separation, like a vine with a branch, it soon withers and struggles, as every relationship will, without walking together. Amen. And so to abide means to share, to live life with, and to do life conscious that that other person and you are one. It's wonderful, isn't it? I think it's like making tea, abiding. Tea is actually made for hot water. Now, I've been in homes, and I hope it wasn't yours, where somebody boils the kettle and puts the hot water in, dip, dip, out. And then they put in the milk, and you cannot tell it's tea. It's not visible to the human eye. That that hot water has had anything transformational take place. And it's hard work, because they're doing this. Dip, 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 dip. And there's a whole lot of energy in dipping. But I like abiding tea. Where the hot water is saying, let me be filled with you. And so the tea bag 
is remaining in the water. Do you know what happens? The tea changes the color of the water, the flavor of the water, the visibility of when you put milk in, anybody walking by could say that's a cup of tea. Whereas dippers, they look at your cup of tea and say that's water and milk, baby. I am not a dipper, I'm a remainer, a bider. I'm hanging in there. That's what Jesus meant. And dippers make weak Christians. They dip in on a Sunday. Dip, dip. And they dip out on a Monday. And they occasionally read a verse for the day, dip. But by the time they've got to work, they're out. And they might pray an arrow prayer on the way to somewhere, or because I need help. But they're weak. And haven't got any visible transformation going on since they became Christians. There's been no change. And so Jesus has more in mind than dipping when he's talking about being fruitful. And if you want to bear fruit, which I'm sure you do, it comes from the teabag image of staying, abiding, living in, and allowing him to change you. You know, when, uh, when I use my air fryer and I cook chicken, roast chicken, or ch a chicken uh, uh, wing or something, I don't do wings, actually, but uh, a thigh, okay. So when I'm cooking chicken, by the time it's finished, I look at the pan, just like any baking tray if you do a roast in the oven. What happens is, there's a whole lot of stuff stuck to that tray. Now, you can take your cloth and do this. <clears throat> won't come off. It just won't come off. And rub and rub and rub to try and get off what you don't want. But I have found that soaking... Anybody found soaking? I have found soaking in that soapy water has more power in it if I walk away and let it soak than me trying to get rid of the things in my life that I don't want. How many of you have ever looked at yourself and said, I really don't like that about me? I did this week. I looked at something about me and I went, I don't like that. Now, I could scrub and do a whole lot of work, but I have learned that if I soak in him and his word soaks in me, I don't do the dip thing with the word. I let his word, Lord, change me. I, I, I'm the wrong color currently. I need the right 
spirit, the right life to flow through me so that my attitudes even are changed. And I don't like this about me, but I can't change me. A whole lot of effort, but it's still there. And some of us are missing the secret that Jesus teaches about bearing the fruit of the life of Jesus. It's out of this abiding, remaining, staying with, continuously relationship with him. You know, when we are abiding in him and his word abides in us, you... You can't just have uh, just the one thing, his presence. You must have the word in you. Jesus is saying, if you're going to bear fruit, you can't just say, well, I know he's with me and he's with me always and everything will be all right. And uh, I'm sure I know what he wants to do, but still, you don't have a clue. But Jesus says, my word, verse 7 of John 15, if my words abide in you, not dip in and out, but if they stay in you, remain in you, you will ask whatever you desire and you'll get the answers. That's an amazing promise there. It's not coming from having a thought, but when his word abides in you, you kind of know what he wants to do and what you desire is what he desires and how you think is how he thinks you can't know the thoughts of a person unless you hear their words like I don't know what you're thinking right now James God does but I don't know what he's thinking But when he talks, I know what he likes. Rugby. I know he loves Jesus. I know he loves worship. I know he's got a vision for children in the church to raise up an exceedingly great army. You just talk to him. And I know he's got a vision for the workplace. Because he talks about the kingdom at work. How do I know this? I've listened to his words. And so Jesus says, you can't know a person without the word. And he gave us his word. It's in the Bible. And abiding in his word means, I've read this many times, but I read it every day. And as I read it, you know what happens is I get God's thinking on life. I know what grieves him. I actually know what he doesn't like. I don't have to be told what he doesn't like. I know. But I also know what he likes. I know what brings him joy. I know what he wants to do in the world and in the church. I I know him. I don't know him to the max, but I know him. And I'm growing, increasing in knowing him because I'm increasing in understanding him through his word. Wonderful. 
So abide in me, my words abide in you. You know, I can tell when something's wrong just by communication. Because I'm one with him, not just in heart, but in mind and purpose. So when the news comes on, it doesn't shape me. Because I'm already knowing what God wants to do in the world. It informs me, but his word changes me. It's the teabag illustration again. And you know, I know when someone's out of kilter with God. You know what that means? It means you're out of harmony with. You stop walking, you stop talking, you stop thinking like him, you stop doing the things that you know mean you're out of kilter with God. So union, when he says abide in me and I in you, it means do the whole of life with me. Stop trying to change yourself. I have power to change you. Don't dip in and out. Hang with me throughout life. Now, practically speaking, I might be speaking to a whole room or people online listening of people who say, I'm so busy. How on earth am I going to do this? I just don't know how to add this to my life. I've got to clean the house. I've got to go shopping. I've got to train kids. I've got to raise kids, love them, feed them. I've got to plan this, that, and the other. Then I have work. And then I've got a marriage. I've got to make sure that we don't start getting separate lives. And, and uh, I've got a ministry. And I need to serve the Lord. And how do I do this? Well, I am learning that it's not so much a change in what you do as a change in who you do it with. Can you see that? It's not so much changing everything, because we can't. We all have responsibilities in life. But it's a change of who we do life with. Yes, sometimes he will change what we do. But cleaning a house with him and for him changes everything about cleaning. Going to work with him and for him means you're abiding the tea bag. You're being changed and actually everybody else will see and experience Jesus because wherever God is at work, it's good. Driving, doing the most mundane things, changing, I was thinking about this, changing a nappy. What if we did this? Whatever you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, for it is Christ you're serving. What if we did that? Not just change our programs and say, I need at least to have five hours of prayer in one day. 
but to do life with him. Now, that doesn't remove the need for spiritual disciplines, for time alone with God and for church life. We need those times of investment. However, if we did everything, whatever you do, in word, in what you say and what you do, do it all in his name. It would be a radical change of you and your world. You would bring Jesus into everything just by doing everything in his name, committing it to him, saying, Lord, I've got to do this job, this work today. I just want to do it with you. And I want to do it for you. I want to be a blessing in the place that I work. I'm going to do it with you. And do it for you. And his life will change how the spirit in which it's done. Has any one of you ever had a meal served in the spirit of, I wish I didn't have to do this? (laughs) And the plate goes on the table, eat your dinner. Or done in this spirit. I'm so glad I did this. It's completely different, isn't it? It's a different experience of a relationship. There is a transformation that will take place anywhere where you have someone saying, I'm so glad that I cooked this for you. I've had two examples this week of the Lord. Because I I think this is a holy habit we need to develop, abiding. It's a holy habit. It's not just a prayer life in the morning and that's it, separate lives for the rest of the day. It's an ongoing teabag situation. And this week, I um, thought that my doctor's appointment is just uh, not much, there's nothing wrong. Um, was Tuesday, and I had it in my diary on Tuesday. And Monday morning, I'm making coffee about 20 to 9, ready to get into my office. And uh, as I'm making this coffee, this thought comes into my head. This is what abiding does. You get results. This thought came into my head. You need to get to the doctor's. And I'm like, I fight it because I'm like, well, it's in the diary for the 30th. And it comes stronger. You need to get to the doctors. So I'm making the coffee, thinking, why do I feel I need to go to the doctors today? It's tomorrow. Anyway, now, when I work in my office, it's a bit like we learned when we went online. You wear different clothes. So some people have got pyjamas down here when they're online and a suit jacket up here. Okay, so when I am working in my office, I've got warm clothes. You don't go out in them. Well, I wouldn't anyway. Some of you might, but not for me. Anyway, so I start to take my jacket, my warm um, fleece off, and I start to run upstairs. And fortunately, Sandra's still not left. And I say, could you check my phone? 
I'm starting to get ready to go to the doctors, even though it's written the 30th. Can you check my NHS app? When's the appointment? So I'm flying around. I put a bit of lippy on. I put something on my hair. I'm glad I can put some jeans on and I'm getting out that door. I get my keys. She says, it's today. Do you not think that's a fruit of abiding? The tea bag situation where God is able to take over your life. And begin to communicate with your mind. Actually, you're doing this. This is, this is the agenda for the day. Now, it takes six weeks to get an appointment. I'm ever so glad the Holy Spirit reminded me of what I did not know. Do you not think that's amazing? There is fruit from abiding that will change your life. And it will bring you into what God has in the detail of life. Not just when you're feeling spiritual, but throughout the day. He can alert you to things. Praise God. I made it five to nine. Do you not think that's a miracle too? Anyway, the other example is this. Because I'm practicing this. Lord, thank you that you helped me. And as I'm doing something, I'm doing something for somebody else who needed help. Um, it was my day off, and I was just sort of doing something for them, and I was going to take it round later. And actually, I was making uh, potatoes, making some uh, chip potatoes for them, and doing some food for them. And uh, as I'm doing it, I'm just thinking, I wonder what else I'm going to do today. It's a day off. I often just say, Lord, make it a blessed day. A day where really I can breathe and not think about work and just worship, but also do things and fun. And um, and, uh, as I'm doing this, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a scripture. And it's in Matthew chapter 25. And it says this. Whatever you did for the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. Now, I was doing this because I wanted to. But Jesus brought this scripture. Now, this is about when he judges all the nations. And he will say to those who kind of visited him in prison, fed him, and did things for him. And they're saying... Where were you when, when we did this? We didn't see you. We didn't know you. It was you we were serving. And the Lord says, I'll answer you and say, whatever you did for the least of these, my brethren, you did it not for me. Can you see the difference? To me. And that just supercharged the peeling potatoes. It completely changed. I thought, Lord, I'm not just doing it for them. But you see, he's saying about the brethren, that's the church, that's the saints, that's each other. Whatever you do to me, 
if you do this for them, it's like it's like you're ministering to me. When you abide, you hear things that make life a joy. Where he takes the duty out and you're like, Lord, I'm loving this. If I think I'm doing this actually to Jesus, the, we are his body, the body of Christ, I'm like, what else can I get done? God has things for you. And he wants to speak to you. But without abiding and continuing through your day, it's like dippers don't hear. They don't experience the leading of the Spirit. They don't actually bear the fruit that Jesus is talking about that is possible for every believer. And we are in days where we need the life of the, the Lord in real terms and not religious two and a half hours on a Sunday. I'm done, baby. I'm going out and doing my own thing now. He wants us to live life continually with him and be like that teabag. I'm, I'm living with you, Lord. I'm not going to make any decisions without you. I'm not going to. I'm going to find out what you want. I'm going to find out what you like. I'm going to get to know you this year like I've never known you before. But I'm also going to see that fruit is seen in how I treat others and what I do for the least of these. I love the word least. They might be the smallest in your eyes or they may not, in your eyes, be worthy of what you're doing for them. But Jesus says, you're doing it for me. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Jesus. The secret of fruit. Our relationship, not just prayer times, worship times, a living life. Your house cleaning will be different. Your shopping Will be different. Raising kids, there'll be a grace. Your marriage, oh my goodness, the best years are ahead. Oh, such faith, feedback of faith. Your 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 whole lives and your effectiveness in the in the community and at home, everything will change. Abide in me. Shall we stand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.